Welcome to another episode of East Got Game, an unofficial podcast about the MBL One East competition. We look forward to reviewing, previewing and interviewing our way through the MBL One East to showcase your new favourite talents. My name's Jacinta. I'm from the Central Coast Crusaders. Joining me as co-host is the living legend, and everyone knows his name by now, Lockie France from Sutherland Sharks. How you going, Lockie? I am spectacular, Squin. It was a great first round of NBL One East, and I'm just so happy that NBL One East is back. Yeah, I, I think we said in the last couple episodes too, we can't believe it's back already considering <clears throat> the NBL and the WNBL are still wrapping up. So there is that overlap, but uh, it has been a very eventful uh, first round, but before we get into that, I firstly just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to our first two episodes so far. Uh, I mean, our first episode was only released the eve of MBL One East. Uh, we had a bunch of people in the league listening and provide us with some really lovely feedback. So we really appreciate you, A, listening and B, reaching out to provide some lovely feedback. So we hope that we can continue to bring you some quality content uh, to cover the MBL One East this season. Um, so for today's episode, though, as we mentioned, round one was on the weekend on Saturday, the 11th of March, um, and it was an eventful weekend, Lockie. What were your thoughts? It was a really eventful weekend. Of course, I was at the uh, game of the week between Sutherland and Newcastle. Uh, very, very uh, good game, barely back and forth, but uh, a lot of uh, really intriguing results. You know, Aubrey nearly got up against Canberra. Um, Manly, uh, with that new team, uh, kept it reasonably close against Norse at times. Uh, it was a really fun week. Very fun week. Very fun week. A lot of interesting results, as you said. So just to kick off the episode, uh, to cover round one, can you take us through the results of the men's uh, comp this week? So in the men, we had kicking us off this season was the Basketball Australia Centre of Excellence. Guinea. Ah, sorry, you wanted the men, didn't you? I did, but that's okay. Sorry. They did get the win, but I was about to say the other score. Uh, so actually kicking it off was the Sydney Comets getting a 90-65 to 65 win over Penrith on their NBL 1 East debut. We were guaranteed a debutante win, and it was the Comets who got it. And then Centre of Excellence knocked off Bankstown to the tune of 95-70. to 70. Norse got over Manly in the Spitbridge Stoush, 87-71. to 71. Try saying that three times quickly. It was hard enough saying it once. Uh, Canberra defeated Aubrey 85-80 in what was an absolutely thrilling match, the battle of the two old Siebel teams. Central Coast uh, hosted Hornsby, the team just down the down the road, and uh, they got up 80-71, to a uh, valiant effort by the Spiders. And then in the battle of two real contenders, it was Illawarra getting over Maitland 95-86. to our game of the week saw Sutherland uh, recover from an early first quarter deficit uh, to take a 76-71 to 71 win over Newcastle. And we rounded it out with Chris Bryant and his monster dunk and Inner West Bulls taking an 84-76 win over the Hills Hornets. Chris Bryant already kicking off the highlight reel for MBL 1 East 2023. Monster dunk all over social media as it should be. Um, now, with those uh, results in mind, Lockie, 
Uh, what were some of your highlights and shout-outs uh, for this round? Oh, well, I don't think you can really go past uh, James Tui dropping 32 against the Albury-Wodonga Bandits and uh, Glenn Morrison chipping in just a crazy 18 and 11 like you do for the uh, grand final MVP and that uh, big comeback that Canberra had after after trailing to pick up the win. But I uh, can't discount Albury's performance there. They had five players in double digits, so uh, great to see. You know, sharing the ball around and uh, sharing the scoring load as well. I uh, like seeing uh, in Maitland and Illawarra, uh, nine players finished in double digits in that game. So plenty of uh, scoring shared around there. We had Timmy Conrad hitting, scoring 21. Uh, and your boy, Dave O'Hickey, 16 points, seven rebounds and five assists in the uh, his first game for the Hawks. So, so far, people that we uh, mentioned in our first episode covering the men's rosters already turning up and giving great performances because if you remember in episode one, Lockie, for COE, we expected the likes of Tui, Henshaw and Condon uh, turning up given that they've had a little bit of Boomer's experience. And like you said, our boy Dave O'Hickey is already leaving his mark on the league. That's right. And as you mentioned, those COE boys, Henshaw, 18 points, Alex Tui, making it a good weekend for the family with 12 points and 10 rebounds, picking up the double-double. And Alex Condon, a big 14-14 and 14 as uh, COE got the win. But I uh, can't, uh, can't go without mentioning Jack Lopez putting up uh, 22 points off the bench for the Bankstown Bruins, uh, shooting 56% from the field in the process. I also like to mention Sharif Saipaya's 23 points for Hornsby, a valiant effort up there against Crusaders, but... Uh, James Trustum's 22 and Hamish Loder's 11 points and 11 rebounds uh, getting crew over the line there. And Luke Cassidy, uh, six steals alongside his 17 points as well. So, And you know what was really interesting about Sharif Saipaya's game is that most of his points came in the third quarter. So, yeah, he really came alive after halftime. I feel like the Spiders were still relying on a lot of his scoring and uh, creating off the dribble in the first half. But, yeah, it was the third quarter where he came alive. And I think we mentioned on the broadcast too that um, their coach made a really sound decision when it came to the stretch of the game where uh, Sharif Sapai was in foul trouble. So anytime there was a defensive possession and the, and the Spiders had to foul, they'd sub him off. As soon as it was turned over to an offensive possession, they sub him back on. Really, really smart thinking. First round stretch of the game. Very impressed with the Spiders coach in that respect. Very nice. And... Uh... Of course, we also already mentioned Chris Bryant's dunk and also shout out to the Inner West commentators for the reaction. Oh, yeah. Mookie and Mac McQuaid, I mean, absolute veterans in the commentary box. Uh, I really think you and I will perhaps learn a little bit more from them too. They've been doing it for so long and it's still so nice that they're so passionate and that passion comes through in their commentary when they're getting excited about such a dunk. But how could you not? Get excited when that is happening right in front of you. A hundred percent. And of course, that game was really one where we saw the uh, the new imports uh, taking to the league like a duck to water. So Blake Morrow, 29 points. Bryant, 20 points, seven rebounds, three steals. And then uh, for the Hills Hornets, Sean Montague, 22 points and seven rebounds, shooting nine of 15 from the field. So a few of the imports really are really showing their wares early, which is great to see. And I'm, I know that happened in the women's league as well. 
Yeah, yeah, which we'll get to as well, actually. Um, And just on the Crusaders men, uh, not too sure how many people are aware that the Crusaders men had signed on Tim Hudson to be the head coach of the of the NBL One men's team for 2023. And unfortunately, just before the season kicked off, uh, he was um, he wasn't there, so he wasn't there coaching. And the club did issue an official statement the day before on Friday, the March 10th. And I'll just read a little bit more of this official statement. Um, it reads. Uh, we have needed to be nimble in changing circumstances and wanted to advise Tim Hudson, a long-standing and exceptional part of our community, is no longer in the role of NBL One men's coach for the Central Coast Crusaders. We're very proud of the work Tim has put in place to establish the pathways he's developed through his long history at our club. Tim has generously shared his experience in the NBL, state programs and the NBA for the benefit of now and in the future. So unfortunately, the NBL One Crusaders men find themselves without a coach. Uh, at the meantime, there haven't hasn't been any official announcement of who the interim coach will be at this stage. But stay tuned uh, if we have any information. If that we're able to share, we'll be able to share it as well. But um, as a whole, Lockie, uh, what were your general impressions of the first round for NBL One uh, for the men's comp? Well, I was very happy to see uh, so many games remain and me remain close throughout the throughout the week. Um, a lot of them on paper were close matchups, but uh, still that has to uh, transpire on the court, and it uh, bodes well for the competitiveness this season. That uh, see teams like you know Albury, hand, you know, giving Canberra all they could t- handle, and. Illawarra and Maitland fighting it out, and Sutherland and Newcastle in a close one as well. Uh, all looks very good. Of course, you got to remember that before Albury, you know, fell away last season, they were right up at the top of the table. So if they can just avoid that, you know, mid to late season stretch of losses again, they're going to be right amongst it. And I think well, I wonder as well if their losses last season was reflective of some of the roster changes too. Um, I yeah, I, I think it certainly might have been. Um, it if you know, it stays. You know, everything stays hunky dory. It uh, yeah, it really bodes well for them. But uh, just lastly, um, on the men, uh, of course, we had game of the week, uh, Sutherland Newcastle, which was the game I I uh, called. Uh, Lockie Hutchison had his twenty one seven and seven to lead Sutherland. Uh, in a great game, really physical game, but um, that certainly didn't take away from the spectacle. It wasn't scrappy. It was just uh, hard fought. And with the uh, lineup Sutherland and Newcastle have, I mean, guys like Adrian Cabrera, Lockie Hutchison, Jordan Mitchell, Jeff Gerlach, and then those those big guys for Newcastle, Miles Cherry, Ryan Beastie, and Tom Dawson, never back away from a, a physical matchup. But uh, Matur Malok, uh, Newcastle's basketball social media called it a Malok mid-range masterclass, and I certainly can't disagree as he finished with 19 points, five of nine from two-point range, and I think at least four of those makes were from mid-range. And finally, got to mention Angus Lake. On debut, um, not just for Sutherland, but in NBL1, coming over from Bankstown, the uh, 
young man who's represented New South Wales at junior level, uh, hit four of his first five three-pointers on his way to a vital 13 points and ended up playing 28 minutes as the first man off the bench. So, you know, Sharks have had issues with three-point shooting in recent years. You know, um, they've had decent ones, but just not, or even good ones, but just not a huge quantity of shooters. But if uh, Angus Lake can keep that up, could bode very, very well for the Sharkies. And so being only a five-point ball game, what do you feel like were the most significant factors for the shark to ma- Sharks to make sure they got this win? I actually think it was the defense in the third quarter. It was a 14-8 to eight third quarter. So it started off really weirdly with the Sharks opening up an 8-0 advantage to start. But by the end of the first quarter, it was 30-20 to Newcastle. But then the second and third quarter, Sutherland just ratcheted up the defense. Um, the thing with how they're not got a lot of height, the Sharks, but they can battle in the paint really well. Guys like Jordan Mitchell and Adrian Cabrera will battle in the paint. And against Newcastle, that really, it works really well despite the lack of height. Um, there were a few times there in the third quarter where they were banging away and just leaving those shots a little bit short because I think they thought they were getting you know, more penetration than they were going to get. Um, and I think that's really what did it. And, I mean, I just mentioned him, Angus Lake, because Callum Norris did have an off-night shooting. He shot one of eight. In fact, apart from Angus, the Sharks shot one of 20 from three-point range. So just having that spark, uh, him coming in, and he's, he's kind of long as well. I really enjoyed watching him play. Well, that sounds pretty good for a first game of the week, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, just a reminder, we are talking a little bit more about the Sutherland Sharks-Newcastle game purely because it's game of the week. And it was very convenient that you are their commentator, Lockie, so you were right there. It is. insights into it. And, um, um, sorry, yeah, I can't forget Miles Cherry because um, he finished with 15 points and 17 rebounds, just grabbing down rebounds for absolute fun on the defensive end finished 16 of his 17 were defensive rebounds so very very good there just um preventing you know the sharks from getting a lot of second chance opportunities uh sharks only finished with 11 offensive rebounds whereas uh, newcastle picked up 15 yeah and interestingly the overall rebound count for both teams the sharks were 42 and newcastle were 50 um that's still a pretty decent um like a margin over the rebound count then generally you would expect the the team with the most rebounds are generally going to put in a put in a better position to win because they're going to be dominating more possession but it looks like here on the box score that uh I mean even the field goal percentage was really really tight um three point percentage wasn't the best that I mean the Sharks shot five from 27 at 18.5 percent which is very unsubtle and shark like from what I've seen, yeah, um, the <laughs> but the free throw count blew out a bit in the end as well. Um, even before they Newcastle started fouling in the late stages, there were some stretches there where they um. I think in the third quarter they picked up their fifth foul after just two and a half minutes or so. Maybe it was in the second quarter. In one quarter they were sending the Sharks to the line for almost the entire quarter which certainly wow. didn't help things. And Lockie Hutchison uh, hit his first 10 free throws in the row before finishing 15 of 20 at the line. 
15 of 20 at the line. Yes. That is, I mean, that's an excellent percentage, 75% mm-hmm. for those who need quick maths. Um, but having 20 free throw attempts in a game, that's, wow, that is uh like that is exceptional numbers overall with the sharks having 21 out of 35 free throw attempts compared to Newcastle's 18 from 16. So that's a really sound observation, Lockie, about how much the free throw uh, um, opportunities probably help shape this game as well. What was the foul count? 28 to 18 in uh, 18 being Sutherland and 28 being Newcastle. So yeah, that definitely starts to tell the story about perhaps what also helped with this six-point win. Yeah, it also didn't help that uh, Jaden Goodwin fouled out uh, fairly early in the piece. Uh, he's obviously their captain and a big part for Newcastle. Only finished with one point on the night. The Sharks did a really good job on him and a few other players, you know, getting in foul trouble. Or Jacob Dorocott and then um, Tom Akamamoy also fouled out uh, before before they were, you know, fouling to stop the clock kind of kind of time. Mm, before they really had sounds like before they really had a, a sound opportunity to make an impact on the game and play at their best too. Correct. Yeah. And any as the league as a whole, Lockie, do you have any general observations from the round? You know, we just talked about free throw and three point percentages. Did you see any trends across the league? Uh, I mean, there was a few low scoring teams, but I don't think there's anything to really. Um, you know, stand out. Uh, I'm just happy that things are looking competitive at the moment. Uh, you know, there's games in the 70s, but then there's games in the 90s as well. And I think that'll be a function of um, pace as much of anything as to whether any teams are any good or not. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Mm. Well, having said that, <clears throat> shall I take us through the women's results? Please do, Squin, because it was a... Really fun week with some great storylines, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, I'm going to be biased and talk a little bit about the Crusaders storyline. And then I will throw to you again for the game of the week between Sharks and Newcastle again, because that looks like a really great game. But just running through the results for round one of the NBL One East Women's Comp for 2023. Off the top, we had Centre of Excellence playing Bankstown Bruins down at the AIS. Uh, Center of Excellence taking out that win, eighty-four. Sorry, eighty-seven to forty-nine. Uh, then we had Manly Warringah Seagulls and North Bears, which to me was equally a game of the week type matchup. Uh, but Manly getting away with a fifteen-point win, seventy points to fifty-five. Then we go all the way down south, where our Aubrey Wodonga Bandits, the inaugural MBL One East Women's Champions took on Canberra Nationals uh, and they got away with a five-point win, 86 to 81. Now, my beloved Central Coast Crusaders, uh, one point away from 100 points. Uh, I can't tell you the last time a Central Coast Crusaders women's team got to 100 points was probably in the early to late 2000s, not to age myself or anything uh, because age is a state of mind. Nonetheless, Crusaders getting a win, 99 to uh, 45 from the Hornsby Karingai Spiders. Uh, Illawarra Hawks hosted Maitland Mustangs for their first home game and unfortunately going down 61 to 71. Great to see the Stangers, though, notching up a win early in the season. Game of the week, as we said, Sutherland Sharks, Newcastle Falcons 
52 for the home side and 66 for the Falcons. Inner West Bulls, so close to starting this season with a win, 47 to 59, going down to Hills Hornets at home. And then to top it off, we had the Sydney Comets making their debut in NBL 1 East against Penrith, also on debut. Uh, Comets getting the win 86 to 61. So some really like colourful results there. Great to see Inner West Bulls um, with a brand new roster. Um, they've still got Michaela Domkins to add to their squad as well. So they're already competing with teams like Hills with some of their new superstars. Um, adding Michaela Domkins, they're only going to go strength to strength. Um, shout out to the Crusaders, also a relatively new roster, but managed to find a lot of great chemistry in their this first game against Hornsby. And um, I love to see the Aubrey Wodonga Bandits have two of their juniors return in uh, Ashley Hannon, who you gave a shout out in our second episode, Lockie, and Emma oh. Mahardy as they return to Aubrey Wodonga Bandits. Um, coming up big for both of those games, for sure. Did you happen to catch any of this these highlights? A little bit. Uh, is Hannon from Aubrey originally or is she from somewhere else? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I know she has played for Aubrey before, but okay. yes, it's a, probably a good point that we confirm <clears throat> if she's an Aubrey junior. Mm. Uh, my understanding is talking to someone close to the Aubrey camp is that she hasn't played for Aubrey in some time. Um, also, I think we may have talked off air in the past that she did need to take a, so a break away from basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Ashley Hannon for that game played 27 minutes, ended up with 28 points, nine rebounds, three blocks with an efficiency of 26 and great to have Emma Mahardy back in the East after she spent a couple of seasons in NBL 1 South. In her 35 minutes, she had 24 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 26 in the efficiency. So, oh, and obviously one of our favourites, Brody Page Theodore, had 21, 3 and 3 as well. She was shooting 50% from the field. Ashley Hannon was shooting 60% from the field. Um yeah, just really, really strong numbers from Aubrey straight off the bat. Um, but we also got to give a shout-out to Abby Soloway from the Caps with 23-6. and six. And Bianca Dufemeyer, thankfully, is back on court. Um, I've been told she had some time away with also some injury and other issues. So really great to see her playing. She had 24-5 and five and 2. Um, so that was a really, really tight contest. Um I also have to give a couple of shout-outs to uh, Jada Clark from the COE, uh, originally from Western Australia with 25 points. Kimberly Hodge from Manly Warringah, she had 21 and 15. And as you mentioned before, Lockie, one of our imports who's playing for Maitland Mustang, Sydney Hunter, on debut had 26 points, nine rebounds and shooting 90% from the free-throw line. Then we had our girl, Vanessa Panousis, Back in a home club of Comets with 35, 5, 6, and 2. What do you think of that, Lockie? That is massive. And they've still got Shyla Hill to come back as well. So that is danger for opposing front uh, backcourts, especially when you're defending. 
Yeah, I think the two of them. Now they're like, how do you think the balance is going to go between the two of them in terms of uh, roles and responsibilities with being a point guard and being shooters? I mean, uh, I think they're mature enough. They've got enough experience to make it work. Um, you know, Panusis is such a good shooter. She really needs to play off the ball. She can. I know she prefers to get it back after bringing it up, but. Look, they, they can make it work. I, you know, it's it's not always easy to get two players who love having the ball in their hands play together, but they're WNBL players. And if they, you know, if they really want to win a title, they, they're going to make it work. I don't think there's any worry there. And so we did make some predictions early in, uh, in our first two episodes, Lockie yourself tipping COE uh, and myself tipping the North Bears. Now, the North Bears going down to Manly was something I wasn't expecting in the nicest possible way I could say that. But uh, did you see get to see many highlights of that game? Uh, no, unfortunately I haven't. Um, long day at Sutherland on Saturday, I'll tell you that, doing uh, being part of the crew as well as commentating. But um, I did, it was uh, very interesting um, looking at the Manly North just on the box score, uh, you know, Teams combined to shoot five of 38 from three between them. A uh, couple of players, you know, barely hitting uh, a field goal, let alone a three. So, uh, and uh, the foul count ballooned out, 44 total fouls. So uh, did you uh, get a chance to see that one? I did see some, um, probably at least the first half of that game because uh, pre- prepping for the pod, Obviously, we try and see as much as we can, but realistically, sometimes uh, watching uh, however many games of basketball in a day, that's not possible. Um, But I did watch the highlights and the first half of this particular game, and it was quite an unorthodox game, what you would expect from these two teams, uh, considering they've both got got talented rosters, a lot of returning players. Um, And to be frank, Lockie, uh, I'm not too sure how people will feel about this statement, but the first five minutes was boring because there were more fouls than points than the first five minutes. The first five minutes it was still four all, and I I was pretty sure there were eight fouls to match. Wow. Okay, that's uh that's certainly an interesting yeah interesting uh, scenario. And I, it's not like a reflection on the players or their talents or anything. It's just that's just what happened. There were lots of fouls called. There were lots of stoppages. And for the sake of being a fan and, and wanting to watch a game for entertainment, it just made it really boring. It does look like the uh, cream rose to the top a bit, though, as you mentioned Kim Hodge before and a couple of other players putting in solid shifts. Yeah, and Sarah Schicker for North. She also ended up with a double-double in only 23 minutes with 15 and 10. Um, so, I mean, it definitely, the game definitely wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't people not trying hard enough. It just was one of those games where things just were, it was a comedy of errors really for both teams in that game. So I'm sure that both teams are going to go home and turn it around and we're going to see them back to the form that we're used to in the next round. A hundred percent. I mean, there's just too much talent on the rosters for them not to, you know, make it work in the end. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think, let me see if we've got any more shout-outs for this particular game that we have downmarked. Um, I think that covers the shout-outs for me. I think in terms of general observations of um, 
the league in particular, I just noticed uh, generally not the uh, uh, probably an improvement on some free throw per- percentages for me would be uh, nice. Uh, I, I will admit that I am a little bit uh, of prickly when it comes to free throw percentages because I'm very fixated on the fact it needs to be 80 to 85 percent and across the both men and women I feel like that's probably a room for improvement along with three-point percentage um, and perhaps rebounds in a sense that not a lot of boxing out going on, particularly in the crew Crusaders Hornsby men's game. Um, a lot of jumping in the air, a lot of AFL tactics, uh, like rather than boxing out and going for rebounds. So I'm hoping those things will improve over time. But in terms of shooting percentage, Lockie, do you put it down to perhaps first round nerves or adjusting to, you know, the, the pace of a real game versus when you're scrimmaging at training? Yeah, I wouldn't say nerves. I'd say just, you know, first round. I mean, for a lot of these players, it's, you know, they don't play competitive basketball much, if at all, you know, from the time the season ended in August until March. So, you know, it, it, take, it takes time to get up to speed. Uh, I mean, obviously at the defensive end as well, but it's shooting Shooting is such a, you know, technique-based um, action that, yeah, in the early rounds, I'm not surprised that players are a bit rusty. I mean, you know, not everyone... Um, not everyone was missing all their shots, but you know, certainly there were a few across the board that uh, could have could have done a bit better. And I mean, they'll get in the gym and they'll shoot a bit, and they'll come out next week and probably hit hit at a better clip. But uh, you're mentioning uh, offensive rebound, uh, defensive rebounding, or just rebounding in general. Uh, anyone who watched the Sutherland Newcastle men's game will know that uh, Kelly Hovat are actually put her hand up during the course she was calling the game with me and put her hand up and said, yep, we look, we're going to look at the tape and we're going to you know, not be happy with what they see um, from the defensive rebounding standpoint because it wasn't that they weren't in a good position to get rebounds. You know, there were players there. Just um, Newcastle were just the ones getting on the glass better. Yeah, you know what? I was really impressed with Newcastle's... Uh defensive intensity um I felt like they played really well especially in the backcourt um they were very well pressuring the lanes their rotation was pretty good um I was actually really impressed with Newcastle's defense this round that was probably um the outstanding team defense that I saw um and they did a really good job of of converting a lot of the time uh in transition when they could um, how nice is it though to see the likes of Sophie Kleeman and Alison Ebsbury back together on the floor? Oh, it's brilliant, and it's great to see um, Abby Curtin back in the league as well. You know, knocking down those mid-range shots she loves. And I was talking to her after the game, and I said, "How do you end up at Newcastle?" And she said, "They called me. <laughs> I just gave her a call, and she said yes. So no major story there. She just uh, wanted to play for someone." Listen, if you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. Sometimes that's all it takes. If you want someone, just call them and see what they say. What's the worst I could say? No. That's right. And, of course, Newcastle still with Nicole Munger to come back as well. Um, and Kelly McLean didn't play in that game. Uh, and Newcastle, like the defensive end, really good. But also at the offensive end, keeping it simple. Um, you know, it didn't have a stack of different plays to run through, but... 
it worked. So they kept, you know, kept going to those, you know, few plays that they were running and whether they were getting uh, Rachel McGuskin feeds in the paint or trying to get uh, Kate Kingham some open shots. She finished uh, three of eight from, from deep. It was, uh, you know, at times uh, you could really see what they're building towards. Yeah, absolutely. Good point that Nicole Munger didn't play. As we know, for Sutherland, uh, Eliza Fabro and Lauren Nicholson didn't play because they're still uh, with the Townsville Fire chasing a chip. So best of luck to them if they ever happen to listen to this. Um, really interesting, though, Nicole Munger, in Newcastle winning without Nicole Munger. But then watching Abby Curtin play, um, she actually plays a lot like Nicole Munger, I found. A little bit. Uh yeah, so I mean, Abby Abby can do a lot. I mean, we know she can shoot mid range, but um, I I think over the years she's become a lot more mobile as well, which is uh really, uh, really made her a much more versatile player. Because so, I mean, at, at times like you remember she was like, especially like back in her youth league days where she was used really in the front court. Uh, she's really extended her game as as time's gone on. Yeah, so my thought was, you know, Nicole Munger was uh, such a dominant presence last season. She's had a fantastic season with the UC Caps in her WNBL debut and she has happened to re-sign as well, which is an excellent move by the Caps. But now Newcastle have potentially two players that play like Nicole Munger. Um, I mean, doubling Nicole Munger's or style <laughs> of, thereof um, can't be a bad thing. No, and... They're both good enough to, you know, play a different role if they really need to. Yeah, that's exactly right. They both mm. have the versatility of playing inside, outside, working off each other. Um, yeah, Newcastle are looking really exciting. I think they might be a bit of a – well, they wouldn't, no. but they might be a bit of a dark horse compared to some of the other rosters we're used to. Bit of smoky. Bit of smoky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up round one. Um just looking through round two, uh, we can see uh, – I'll just very quickly take us through round two. It's going to be Bankstown and North are hosting Norths, Aubrey are hosting Hornsby, Canberra and Maitland. Uh, Canberra's hosting Maitland Mustangs. So in the men, that's going to be a grand final rematch, um, which is going to be very exciting. And that's actually going to be the game of the week, Canberra versus Maitland. So you'll be able to watch that on KO Freebies when the link is available. Uh, Illawarra Hawks are back at home against Penrith Panthers. Newcastle will have their first home game against Manly Warringah. So two teams that saw, for the women that saw a win uh, facing off against each other. Hills Hornets' first game at home against Sydney Comets. Inner West Bulls will be back at home against the Centre of Excellence. Crusaders also back at home against Sutherland Sharks, and then the Centre of Excellence have to drive back to Canberra to play against Maitland on the Sunday. So that's a little bit rough going for Centre of Excellence, but um, I think with their young bodies, hopefully they'll be able to recover quicker. Well, they got plenty of uh, plenty of experience with quick turnarounds playing all those Australian Junior Championships they play, so... Yeah, let the, the young ones will be fine. It's us oldies that you got to look out for. That's right. 
So other than the Canberra Nationals being game of the week, men and women, like this matchup is going to be exceptional. So really glad this is going to be on KO Freebies. Any other games stick out to you, Lockie, that could be, you know, also a game of the week? Well, I will... I will say that I will be uh, tuning in to listen to your call of the Central Coast Crusaders, Sutherland Sharks. Squin, that'll be excellent listening, excellent watching. Uh, especially in the men, I'm looking forward to Centre of Excellence and Maitland. Uh, you know, Centre of Excellence coming in, they'll want to, uh, you know, stamp their authority on the game, on the uh, league. And Maitland, well, we know they're a uh, definite title contender. So I think, yeah, Maitland. Maitland's trip to Canberra could be a, a very exciting one for our basketball fans in general. But if you're looking for me, you can most probably find me at Bankstown North on Saturday afternoon. That is the game I will be attending. Bankstown North it is. That's going to be Lockie's personal game of the week, it sounds like. But uh, as we mentioned, the, the Canberra Gunners, the men versus the Maitland Mustangs men, grand final rematch. But as we mentioned in episode one, different roster for Canberra Gunners versus a Maitland roster that is pretty much the same as last season. So one may expect Maitland to get the win over this one. Um, but Maitland against the COE is going to be a, a really good test. How do you feel like the younger athletes of the C- COE are going to go against some of the bigger built, more experienced, probably more experienced men in the sense of the Maitland Mustangs? Uh, that's the thing that can really... Um be a game changer for is especially in the men's competition where it is a bit more physical uh, is how are the young players going to take on those physical teams and Maitland is going to be an exceptional test you know when they take on Maitland teams like Newcastle guys like Glenn Morrison for Canberra how they go against those really big front courts is going to be the absolute litmus test for this team because when it comes to speed uh, most of these young guys, you know, they've they've got, you know, speed, quickness, uh, but when they've got to bang in the paint, guys who have had a few more years in the weight room often have an advantage. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's the right way to put it, the physicality of, uh, which is a whole other skill set when you make that jump from playing juniors, even from playing youth league um, into NBL1. It's definitely the physicality that can make a big difference. And now for the men, uh, sorry, for the women, um, game of the week, Canberra Nats, Maitland Mustangs. Maitland Mustangs coming off their season opener win, as we mentioned, Sydney Hunter with some big numbers. What what kind of matchups are you looking for in this in this lineup, Lockie? So, <clears throat> I'm me. I'm really, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to seeing how uh, Sydney Hunter does again against Canberra because uh, I'm not. <sighs> Not entirely sure. I think I think Illawarra were a really good uh, matchup for Sydney Hunter to uh, to go well against, but I think Canberra provide a bit of a different. Um, they're a bit of a different kettle of fish, especially with all those players that have just spent a year uh, playing WNBL and getting more used to playing against uh, big players. Abby Solway, I think. We saw last week how big uh, her, how um, how much her year with the Caps helped in dropping twenty three last week, and uh, it'd be nice to see Chloe Tuliak on the court. But uh, I think I think it'll provide Caps will really provide a different um, 
different challenge. And I really enjoy, I'd really like to see Mia Slater do well in this one. Yeah, uh, we probably, sorry, I probably <clears> should have <throat> mentioned earlier that in the, this round one game of Aubrey versus Canberra, Canberra were missing Chloe Tuliak and Lizzie Tonks um, as they've just come off the cap season, I think having some recovery time. But they were also missing their head coach, Natty Hurst, who's also having some downtime after her first year as head coach of the uh, Adelaide Lightning in the WNBL. Um, So, yeah, like you said, hopefully uh, Chloe, Lizzie and Natty will all be back for Canberra Nats this week against Maitland. Um, but for me, I think Newcastle and Manly Warringah in the women's is going to be a great matchup. Both coming off wins um, against two other very competitive teams. I'm looking forward to some of the matchups of the likes of Delaney versus Curtin, Ebsery versus Bree Delaney, um, maybe even Kingham versus Zoe Miller. Like, there's a lot of fun matchups in this game. They're all the matchups I'm, I, I like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking the same language, Lucky. We are. Um, yeah, I think new, yeah, Newcastle Manly, because as you said, though, I mean, round one fixtures can be a bit how you go. And I think we saw that in the Manly, Manly Norse game. So I think, you know, both teams got to win under their belt. Uh, Newcastle obviously under strength, but I think this will be a really good barometer as to their, their real top four or even higher credentials this season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how they, if they're able to sustain it too as the season progresses. Because, you know, we've only just got started. But uh, just before we wrap up, so just a reminder that round two does start next week, Saturday, the 18th of March. Had to do my quick maths. Um, game of the week, as we said, Canberra versus Maitland in Canberra on KO Freebies. Um, Lockie, your game of the week is going to be Bankstown North's. Mine is going to be the women's uh, Newcastle hosting Manly. So that's all the great stuff we can look forward to for uh, round two. Um, And just before we wrap up, we also want to invite everyone um, to join our Instagram page at East Got Game. Uh, And if you have any suggestions for uh, content that you would like to hear, interviews that you would like to hear, um, or just any general um, kind of things that you would like to potentially see added if we can. Follow us on Instagram, send us a DM. Um, but, you know, keep it friendly. We're friendly here. We, we are. We, we try to be. Yeah. Save all your hatred for Twitter like everyone else. Um, but otherwise, Lockie, are we ready to sign off? I think we're ready to sign off. Just if you're not watching the KO Freebies Game of the Week, Make sure you're tuning in to listen to Squin's call of Central Coast versus Sutherland. I will do going, my best. It's going to be great. <laughs> and a reminder that if the, the all the games of the weeks will be on uh, KO Freebies, as you mentioned, Lockie, all the other games are always available to watch on the MBL One website. So you can see the full games, you can see highlight packages. There's lots of great content, and of course the box gets box scores there for you as well. But otherwise, for now, Lockie. Enjoy your week and uh, let's get ready for round two. It's going to be a great one.